All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of First. Or, sorry, we'll go to First Corinthians in a minute. Ephesians chapter 6. Boy, the way the crowd's spread out, I'm about to slide over this direction and ask y'all to move over. We're, we're starting to get heavy on this side, so that'll act. Matter of fact, Brother Dennis, I'm sorry, you're going to be a little bit to the side over there. So. First class seats. Well, remember that when class offering, that you had to pay more for those seats. <laughs> All right, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and we are down to... Verse number, I believe that's 15, but I don't have my glasses, so if it's not, I apologize. <laughs> Good evening. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number, yeah, 15, verse number 15. All right. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so I want to look for a few moments here at uh, dealing with this, having our feet shod. And as we're going through the weapons or the armament that prepare and help us uh, become equipped for spiritual warfare, we recognize that we are in a spiritual battle. And I'm going to keep re-emphasizing this each week as we go through it. But the, the, the battles that we are on are spiritual in nature. They are dealing with um, spiritual things. And so it's not people, but the battles we face are in the spirit and internally. And so we are wrestling against, not against flesh and blood, but the Bible says against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And so as we come down to verse number 15... We have looked at that we must stand. We've looked at um, having our waist girded with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness. And now the Bible says this, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If you go through and begin to research through commentaries, there really is not a consensus on what this means. There are primarily two schools of thought on what this means to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The first one is one that maybe you have heard, and that is that this passage of Scripture is dealing with a, or a focus on evangelism, that your feet are shod, you are ready to take forward the gospel of peace and share the Word of God with the world. And there is a, uh, a second th school of thought, that deals with, meaning that this is having your feet shod, is a readiness for spiritual warfare. And that it's not necessarily the evangelistic, but that it is a personal preparedness for um, warfare. And th the second thought has a connotation of sure-footedness or preparation that you are ready when, for when the attacks come and war happens, that you are prepared to make a stand. We already know from the first few verses we looked at that the goal is, is that we stand in the day of conflict. For the Christian, yes, there is an aspect that we do march forward with Christ, yet we do not really fight, rather Christ fights for us. And so from the scripture, the Bible says, stand therefore, and the spiritual warfare really is a, an aspect in our lives that we are preparing to take a stand, that we survive the onslaughts of the attack of Satan 
against our lives and against the church and against the cause of Christ. Satan is bothered by a Christian who will stand firm. Now, if you want to coward your life down and you want to go with the world and give in, Satan's not too bothered by you. Christians who yield themselves to the world and the devil are a dime a dozen. But for the believer who says, I'm going to take a stand, all of a sudden now you are going against the flow of society and you are a problem. And therefore you begin to come under the attacks of Satan. And so the Bible says for the Christian, your goal, your duty is to take a stand. This is not to take a stand against people. Sometimes we get that confused and we think, listen, I'm going to stand in the way of somebody that's doing something that I don't like. That is not what God is saying, all right? This is to take a stand to say, listen, I'm going to have moral and scriptural fortitude that I'm going to stand firm upon the word of God so that Satan does not cause me in my heart to go astray, to yield to temptation, to yield myself to Satan so that I become no more effect for the cause of Christ. And often Christians, we get this confused and we believe that taking a stand, having great character means that we're going to stand and oppose people. That is not what this is saying. This is saying, listen, I am going to stand so that Satan does not hinder my life, my worship for God and my testimony. This is a spiritual warfare, not a physical one. Stand therefore, so he says, having your feet shod uh, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Preparation can mean either to be prepared to march forward with the gospel, which is what we looked at a minute ago, that focus on evangelism, or that the gospel is our preparation for warfare. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse number 17. Let's go back and look at that real quick. Isaiah chapter 52. I'm sorry, 52 verse 7. Isaiah 52 verse 7. And Isaiah 52 verse number 7. The Bible says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news and who, who proclaim peace, who bring good, glad tidings of good things, who proclaim salvation who says to Zion, your God reigns. And so there are those who believe that this verse here, verse 15, or feet shod, or a reference back to Isaiah 52. Paul, uh, the writer here of, um, in Ephesians, Paul, did say, and uh, in, in earlier in the book, he referenced back to Isaiah 52. Um, and so there are some who say that, listen, this is a this verse number 15 here is a reference to Isaiah 52 and is dealing with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Psalms chapter 89 and verse number 14. Let's look at it. Psalms 89 and verse number 14. Here the Bible says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your th throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. And... Uh, Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. So there's one aspect that deals with marching forward. The other aspect would be more of 89, verse number 14, and that 
this feet shod is dealing with a foundation that is firm. And so that really is the two avenues that you can look at this verse and, and examine it. One is your feet shod is a more of a running shoes, that you're ready to run forward with the gospel. The other is more of an idea of cleats, where you dig into the dirt and you're unmovable. So what does the Bible have to say about this and where does the truth lie? The New English Bible translates this verse. It says this. It says, let the shoes on your feet be the gospel of peace to give you a firm footing. It literally represents hobnail shoes, which is what the Romans wore. They were leather shoes that they would take and put nails through. And so they had great traction. Their feet were very important because they would be marching. They would be standing at their post. And they had to have a firm footing, yet they also had to be willing to go forward into warfare. So again, although it does deal with a foundation, it also does deal with the fact that you must go forward. Look at me in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 7. Just a few pages over, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 7. The Bible says, and the peace of God. So this is, remember, it is having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what? Guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so I do believe that there is a very true aspect to having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace is that we are to have a foundation under us that we have a foundation that is unmovable. So if we look at it from this connotation, we understand that the gospel, the, the peace of God, is our foundation, having our feet shod with the preparation or the, the equipment of the gospel of peace. So what, the, what this means is, is as we as believers are in life, we're facing life, we are withstanding the attacks of Satan, we are standing, we are taking a stand. We have a foundation under us that is unmovable. We have a firm foundation which we're standing on that allows us to, to stand in the day of conflict. What is that foundation, that firm footing that we are to be equipped with? The gospel of peace. It's the gospel. It's knowing that we are saved. It's knowing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's knowing the truth of God's word. And when we have these things, now all of a sudden we have peace in our heart, and that allows us to stand. I really believe that, and we're going to look at it both avenues, and I believe both of them are accurate, and, I, and I'll explain why momentarily. But from this perspective, I believe that literally this is dealing with courage in the life of the believer. How are we going to stand on a firm foundation? What is going to give us courage to stand in that day of conflict? The Roman soldiers would have to stand at posts for hours on end, and these boots were to be thick leather. They, they protected their feet, but they, 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 they helped them. And you, ever, you ever had to stand for a long period of time with cheap shoes or bad shoes? You know it's rough on the feet, isn't it? Remember one time we went to camp uh, in Buffalo, Wyoming. When I was a kid, we lived in Wyoming. I went to summer camp in Buffalo. Now, this was a, 
this was a Wyoming camp, not a Tennessee or Georgia camp. We had a, a hole dug in the ground with some sticks with a tarp around it, and that was our bathroom. And uh, we had to put up our own tents out in the mountains, and we caught fish, and we camped. And it was a Christian camp. It, it was rough. I would not want to go back to that camp now. But as a kid, it was the greatest camp I ever went to. Uh, we shot guns and had a blast. <laughs> but on our way to that camp... Being young, I thought, you know what, I want some good army boots. And so somehow I convinced my parents or somebody, and we went to an army surplus store, and I got some jungle boots. I thought, these are going to be great boots for camp. And if you ever bought those shoes, what they sell at the army surplus store is not what they actually give to our military. <laughs> at least, Lord, I hope they didn't. Supposed to have the little vents on the side to breathe air out you know, or for the water to drain out. Jungle boots, great boots. Well, we got there, and I said, my buddies, watch this. I got on army boots, and I walked right through one of those freezing cold creeks. And about 20 minutes later that day, my feet began to hurt. Well, I ran all day, blisters on my feet. I was miserable. Got in my little tent that night, peeled the boots off my feet. And the insoles had dissolved. <laughs> and that whole wicked camp, as fun as it was, my feet were miserable. I still had fun at camp. I still played to the best of my ability. But there were some stuff I just didn't do. <laughs> because my shoes weren't right. As a believer, we are to stand. We are to withstand the wiles of Satan. But how do we do that? By having the gospel of peace in our heart. When we understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we know that we're saved, when we know what God's word is, all of a sudden we have peace in our heart. And even though the attacks and the fiery darts of Satan come against us, we can still have courage and a firm foundation upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. John chapter 14, verse number 27. John chapter 14, verse number 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He began to say, listen, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. And I want you to have peace. If I didn't know the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the death, burial, the resurrection, and the return, the coming again of Jesus Christ, how could I have peace? If I didn't know that, if I didn't have the peace that he is coming back to, res to resurrect me into eternal life, what peace would I have to stand? Peace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I do believe that probably at the core of this verse, there is a, Paul is trying to teach, because again, he's dealing with standing, and that is we have that firm foundation. But I do agree that there is a, an aspect of this that is um, 
called maybe a lofty paradox, and that in Scripture there can be more than one meaning. And I believe really this is a, uh, what is transpiring here in Ephesians 6.15. I also believe that um, this does go and does apply to our readiness uh, to evangelize, to take the gospel forward. That we are to be shod and ready to go to warfare. See, the Romans who would shod their feet, these leathers, they would have straps around their ankles and it would be attached to their foot and uh, firmly so that, yes, they had a good traction, the hobnails, they had good footing. Yet that footing, the purpose of it was also in warfare because when they would stand there, sometimes the armies, as they would battle, one side, the Romans were known for holding firm, having their shields up, and the enemies would attack, and they would run and charge and hit the shields, trying to break the barrier of defense. And so they had to have that f- firm footing, that firm traction to be able to re- withstand those blows. But then they had to march forward in battle and conquer the enemy. And so I believe that there is also a part of this shotting that causes us to be able to stand against the wiles of Satan, but also causes us to have our feet shod so that we are equipped, we are ready to go forward and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Etoimacia, the word here, means prepared or equipped, to be ready preparation or a firmness Romans chapter 5 I'm looking at two more verses look at me here Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 Romans 5 1 therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is our peace but then turn me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and here's why I'm going to take a few minutes here, and this will be our last passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Here we see that Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God." We should be prepared with the gospel, knowing it, knowing the truth of God's promises, so that we are ready to withstand the attacks of Satan. But likewise, we are to be prepared to carry the gospel forward. We must. And so this is what Paul is dealing with here. It's having the ability to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. J.J. Washington, he is a, uh, one of the directors with 
uh, NAM, the North American Mission Board. Um, he actually spoke, I heard him uh, speak on Sunday night and, or Monday, and he, he shared some thoughts from this very passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 2. And, um, he, you know, the points he brought out were, you know, not to, uh, don't worry about eloquent speech. You just need humility, simplicity, and the right motive. And these are points all from the Scripture. But I think he's right. Paul said in verse 1, I came to you, did not come with, an, with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Paul said, I come. I didn't have excellency of speech or wisdom, but I declared God. We should stand firm, ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Often, I think as believers, we get to the mindset, what if I get asked a tough question? What am I going to do? What, preacher, I just don't know enough. I know enough to tell a little bit about Christ, but I don't know everything, and I'm just not ready to tell someone about Jesus. That's not true at all. I'll be honest with you, when I got saved, and probably when you got saved, you probably didn't know all the doctrine of salvation, did you? Most people don't. You know what I did know? I was a sinner in need of a Savior. And at that moment, that was enough for me. What we need to be prepared to do is to share with someone what God has done in my heart. The greatest witnessing tool you'll have is not some deep theological doctrinal understanding of salvation, although we should strive to know those things. The best tool we have is a personal testimony of God changing our life. And if we can just share with somebody else what God has already done to us, who knows what the Spirit of God is able to do. Just tell someone about Jesus. Sometimes we are so worried and consumed and so nervous about, you know, I don't want to ask somebody if they know they're going to heaven when they die. I, I, I don't know. It might be awkward if I ask them if they're headed towards hell. This is going to be an awkward conversation. Then don't do that. Just, hey, listen, I want to tell you about what Jesus did in my heart and just tell them what God did in your life and let the Holy Spirit do the convicting. Too often we're worried about trying to make people uncomfortable, trying to convict them of their sin when God never asked us to convict them. He just told us to go and share the good news of what Christ did in our heart. Just share the good news. Have your feet firm where you're, listen, you, you know the gospel, you know what Christ did in your heart, you know the promises of his word, you're ready to stand, but also you're ready to go out and tell the world what Jesus has already done for you. That's what God wants of us. It's been said that you can be too big for God to use you. You can be too big for God to use you. We were talking about losing weight a minute ago, but that has nothing to do with weight. That has to do with us being too big and filled up with pride that we think too much of ourselves. But you can't be too small for God to use you. Matter of fact, the smaller we are, the more he'll use us. Because it's then we rely 
completely upon him. You say, preacher, I, I don't know if, if I know all the answers. Great, that's fine. Study, grow. I encourage you to do that. But if you'll go humbly with that attitude, that spirit, and just share the good news of Jesus Christ, God's able to do the rest. He is. Reminded of a young preacher. I heard the story the other day, and it reminded me of it. Young boy, he had, young man, had graduated from seminary, and uh, he got his degree and got all asked to come preach in a meeting, and he did, and boy, he strutted up to the pulpit with his newfound college degree, and boy, he, he delivered his sermon in all pride and self-confidence, and boy, it came over flat, just a dud. I'll be honest with you, you know what I've found, uh, I've learned about preaching? What I've learned about preaching is, is I have no idea what a good sermon looks like. <laughs> I'll preach a sermon sometimes and think, man, boy, that was a good one. And nobody will say nothing. It's like People look at me like, boy, that was boring this morning. And then there's been times I thought, boy, this is a dud. And then afterward, people are crying, preacher, that was wonderful. God spoke to my heart. I'll be honest with you, I don't even know what a good sermon looks like anymore. <laughs> But this young man, he preached, and it was a dud. And boy, he just got defeated. And he walked down with his head down and came sit on the front row, and there was an old preacher beside him. And he said, young man, he said, if you would have went up to the pulpit like you came down, you would have came down like you went up. God just wants us to be ourselves, to go and tell the world, listen, let me tell you what Jesus did for me having our feet shod with the preparation or the preparation the equipment of the gospel of peace for it is the gospel that gives us peace and allows us to stand we cannot stand against satan without having the peace of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our heart. We can't. I'm not going to go into my testimony this evening, boy, I'd love to, not because of my sin, but because I could share with you what Christ did in transforming my life, and to God be all the glory. But I can't tell you how many times in my life I had made a decision, I was turning over a new leaf that I wasn't going to live the way I was, making the bad decisions like I was. I was going to change my life. I, I messed up. I won't do that again. And you know what happened? I didn't hardly no more get out of my mouth, and I was right back doing the same stuff. You can't stand without the gospel of peace in your heart. But when Christ came in, he changed me. He gave me the foundation to stand upon so that I was able to stand against the temptation of sin, the attacks of Satan. And so when we fight this spiritual warfare, and we are in a spiritual warfare, we are. I don't think I have to convince you of it. We must have our lives equipped with the peace of the gospel of Jesus Christ.